let's just invite the glory of God to be manifest in our midst, in our lives, and in this place. And uh, I'm convinced the Lord has some things He wants to say to us and, and do among us and in us and through us. And uh, we just uh, we gather tonight to give uh, to give place to Him, to give Him that opportunity. Um, it's not a passive stance that we take. It's not just uh, it's not just to sit back and see if the Lord does something, but it's kind of a sit forward <laughs> with ex- expectation. You know, kind of like uh, you know the person, uh, kind of like the secu- security guard doing the graveyard shift. You know. <laughs> waiting for that sun to come up <laughs> I mean how many know there's you know maybe he gets off at the same time the sun comes up <laughs> but looking at the horizon and you start to see the light but there's kind of an expectation any minute now any minute now you're going to see that thing poke up and uh, and you know it's coming and that's the way we approach uh the Lord as far as him moving and speaking and ministering to us and so forth is we're we sometimes we wait on him but it's not kind of a wait and see I wonder if anything's ever going to happen is that sun ever going to come up I'm not sure how many know the 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 graveyard guy (laughs) is that what they call it the graveyard shift (laughs) how many know he knows the sun's coming up what? I mean, that's been happening a while. He's got that down. He knows that thing is coming up. It's just, is it now? Or is it now? Or is it now? Or is it now? It's real close. It's, it's coming up any second. We know it's coming up. And the same way we approach the Lord is this great expectation. It's not, I wonder if God's going to do anything. I wonder if the Lord's ever going to show his face. <laughs> I wonder if the Lord's ever going to speak. I wonder if he's going he's gonna to move. No, no, no. God is consistent. <laughs> he's more reliable than the sun coming up. He really is. Because the sun is hanging on his words, not vice versa. <laughs> uh, he's more consistent than that. And so it's not a matter of, is God going to do it? No, we sit, with the, we sit and watch with expectation. What's the, what's the, Lord, about, what's the Lord about to say? What's the Lord going to say to me today? What's the Lord going to do in this place tonight? What's, what's going to happen next in my life? What, 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 what blessing about, am I about to run into today? Why? Because I serve the Lord. I, I serve Him and Him alone. And I know Him. He, he's, he's more faithful than my watch. He's more faithful than the sun coming up or the rotation of the earth, right? I can count on Him. I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. Oh, I can't wait to see how his his favor and blessing and his pleasure is going to be manifest in my life next. Come on now. I'm talking about in our service tonight, and I'm talking about in your life concerning your, your kids and your finances and your stuff and whatever God wants to do in your future. Can't wait to see what God's going to do next. Amen. How many know this is not, again, this is not just an approach to this meeting, but although it is. This should be our approach to life. Okay, let's stop the wandering. Let's knock off the see. Let's see if. Uh, how many know we're never told? We're never told to approach the Lord to see if we pray He'll answer. To see if 
God. No, we're going to see. We don't always know all the whole story, but we're going to see what's going to happen next. What is God about to say? How is He going to? How is this? How is this next promise going to be fulfilled in my life? Because I know it will. That's kind of inherent in the, within the definition of promise. <laughs> if you found something that God said, you can put it in the bank and write checks on it, huh? I mean, it's 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 that reliable. God said it. Bless God, it's happening. It's coming to pass in my life. Hmm. Now, now, when we say that, don't uh, let's not take that in this regard. Well, if God said it'll happen, if it doesn't happen, that means that means God just didn't say it. Because I know those who kind of approach the Lord that way. No, how many know we find out in the Word what He said? He already said. He doesn't take it back. He's not fluctuating. He's not wondering if it is constitutional. <laughs> uh, what the the Lord said, He said, it is a matter of um, of spiritual reality. Come on now. Jesus said heaven and earth would pass away, but my words will never pass away. So who, will they happen? They will happen in the lot. Yes, they will happen. They will happen in the lives of everyone who will believe it. Of everyone who will sit looking for that sun to peek over the horizon. Looking for it. I'm looking for you, Lord. Come on now. What's it going to be? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wake up in the morning with that, ex- that, ex- that expectation. wonder what God's going to do today. Well, I, I mean, in one sense we know He's going to perform His Word in me. He's going to do, do what He said to me. So I have that expectation down to that degree, but I don't always know how. Don't always know how it's going to manifest. Don't know through whom it's going to come. Don't know what uh, opportunities are going to come to me today. Who am I going to meet and what doors are going to be open and, and, and all these type of things. But nevertheless, we should never lose that expectation. How many know that's the Bible, the Bible word for that? Uh, one of the Bible words is called hope. That's one of the, the hallmarks and characteristics of the Christian life is that we live with hope. Why? It's because we believe something, and it causes us to expect it. It causes us to hope for it. Hope means a favorable and confident expectation. And so we approach life every day. I'm expecting things to get good today. I'm expecting things to get better. Yeah, but what about happened? What, what about what happened yesterday? Yesterday is gone. Old things have passed away. I release the past. I'm forgiven of the past. I'm not bound by the past. But I do have an expectation for greater things for today. Amen. So like that watchman on the wall, we're looking. We're looking for the morning. We're expecting greater greater things. We're expecting brighter days. Expecting the moving of the Lord. Come on now. I encourage you tonight, when you close your eyes, expect to see. Come on. When you get quiet in your heart, when you get quiet in your mind, expect to hear. Oh, yeah. When you call on the name of the Lord and you make requests and you talk to Him, expect there to be a response from heaven. Never, never, never approach prayer or approach your relationship with God and, and, let, and let your mind go to this really, uh, just really wrong concept of this is just a one-way communication. That this is just a monologue going here. We talk to God. We talk, 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 talk. And talk, 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 talk. And once in a blue moon, he responds. I mean, how rude is that? Are you listening? I mean, think about it. If if that were a person. If I were talking to Neil, 
And, we, we, you know, we went out to lunch, and, and I talked and talked and talked, 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 and I asked him questions, and I made comments about the food, and we talked about stuff, and I'd ask him more questions. And after a little while, you know, he's just kind of sitting there, so I asked him again. I brought those questions to him again. I mean, how rude is that, right, for him just to ignore me? How many know God's not in the ignoring business? Hmm. Now, I think we should understand from a God perspective, from his standpoint, if he's talking to us and we're ignoring him, it might be that he doesn't have a lot more to say. You know, how many know eventually I'm going to stop talking to Neil? <laughs> it's like I feel like I'm talking to the wall here. I mean, I ask him things, I talk to him about stuff, I just don't get any response. I, I want to go talk to someone who will who will listen, and that listening is really kind of shown sometimes in a response. At least a, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and answering questions. And so let's, let's do our part in this relationship. When the Lord talks to us, respond to Him. Yes. Acknowledge Him. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Appreciate that. Even if it's that all it is. The Lord ministers to your heart. If the Lord is ministering to your heart now, on the inside you're saying, thank you, Lord. Praise God. As we get quiet before Him, and things, and sometimes you just sense His peace and His, you know, that confidence that everything's going to be all right. How do you respond to that? Do we ignore it? Come on, He's right there. We're saying, "Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, that's good, Lord. Thank you, Lord." You know, in some of us in, you know, charismatic circles, uh, what we call it sometimes, we're known for being more expressive than some of the. Uh, different kinds of churches, you know, like I say something really good and people say, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's not a re spiritual requirement, but how many know that is, in one sense, that's a healthy thing to do, okay, even though it's not, if you don't vocalize something all the time, that's not necessarily so bad, but that's a healthy thing because it's responsive, it's like we're acknowledging God. We're not sitting across the table. <laughs> he's talking. We know he's talking. We believe he's there, you know. But we're just... <laughs> Let that never happen in your life. Hmm. And I'm not just trying to stir up a rowdy bunch here tonight, but uh, we should know that whether it's internal and Oftentimes, again, it's very healthy and positive to let it be external, even if you're all by yourself. Come on now. If you're praying in the car and the Lord ministers to you, or you're listening to a, you know, a Bible teaching or a message on CD or something like that, and something ministers to you, what should you say? Amen. Yeah. Say amen. Yeah. Or say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. That's good. What were we saying to that? You know, we think sometimes that we're saying that, like if I'm ministering, you're saying that to me, and kind of, but how many know we're, we know more than that? Right. It goes beyond any human being. We're saying amen to the Lord. We're saying, yes, I, I know sometimes while I'm ministering, um, it seems like inside of me, it's like the Lord is saying amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I said something, but I know I said it, if it was good, it came from him. And it's like he's all over that. It's like he's involved. It's like, yeah. I mean, honestly, sometimes I feel like, no, not all the time, but I feel like as I'm ministering, 
I can perceive how the Lord feels about what we're doing. Sometimes I'll bring up a subject and I can tell the Lord's annoyed with it. Now, I don't mean that we brought it up, but with a, with a wrong concept or with the way human beings have approached him in a certain area. It's like he doesn't like that. He doesn't like the way his people act sometimes in that regard. And it's like, I recognize that. Well, well why shouldn't we? I mean, he's God. Hmm? He's not just a, a stiff, you know, like we're at a wake. Who's that? That's God. He doesn't respond much. No, I believe he does respond. He responds to us all the time. Amen. And we're dialing in. We're tuning in. So we're, we're aware. We're perceptive of these things. So again, when the Lord talks to you, respond to him. Sometimes it can just be internal. That's fine. It's, but it's, a, it's an acknowledgement. It's a, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. What does that do? It keeps him talking. And not only that, but sometimes his words are directive to us. Sometimes they're corrective. Sometimes they're just instruction and give us understanding. But if it's, a, if it's an actionable item, how do you keep the Lord talking? Yeah. You've got to do it, man. We gotta, if the Lord's talking to me about doing something I, and I like to hear him, don't be, I can't just be satisfied with the fact that I heard from him. No. Do it. Amen. Then he's got more to say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But understand, that's the way he is. So, and so we're back to this again now. What are we doing? We're expecting. Here it comes. Here he comes. God's about to move. God's about to speak to me. God's about to move in my life. God's about to do something. Some of you are believing for stuff. I mean, you're trusting for things specific. Some of you trust in God for finances and for jobs and things like that. All right, what do you look like? I mean, what do you look like on the inside when you think about it? Is it, man, or is it, it's coming. Here it is. It's right on the horizon there. It's coming up any minute. Not maybe. Not I'm checking to see if. I know that it is because he's more faithful than the sun. Amen. More faithful than anything else. So I expect. I expect God to speak. I expect God to move. Thank you, Lord. Every time the phone rings, that's it. <laughs> the mailman pulls it. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Not to limit God to any particular method or any particular channel, any particular way. But one thing I can see and uh, what came up earlier as well, and I believe there are individuals in particular, um, the principle is true for all of us at all times. The reality of it is true for some here tonight. And that is the issue of obeying and doing what you've already been prompted to do. Because that is what opens the door, what causes a release of God's promise, His provision, His stuff to come into your life. Like we mentioned earlier in the conversation, being one-sided, or if we want God to keep talking to us, we respond to Him. Some of that response is simply doing what He's told us to do. Not everything God says to me is actionable. 
Sometimes it's just for understanding or it's just shooting the breeze. I mean, I don't mean it's unimportant, it's, but it's relational with God. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's business. Sometimes I pray to him about a particular thing and the way that he gets that answer to me is by giving me an actionable word. You know, I ask him for something, and he's faithful. He gives it to me, but sometimes, again, that giving is, you need to do such and such, and I shouldn't miss it by thinking they're unrelated. If I pray about something for something to happen in my life, and then shortly thereafter, I get prompted to do something, even if I don't see the connection, they're definitely connected. It's kind of like that principle of there's a reason why verse 2 and verse 3 are together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's the reason? They're related. <laughs> they go together. All right? They go together like peanut butter and jelly. All right? When I pray... And talk to the Lord, and then He prays, I guess, and talks to me. They're related. What I've asked Him for and what He has asked me for are connected together. And one causes the other to manifest. All right? And so this is real important. Uh, it's real important for all of us to understand that principle. I believe in my heart right now it's important for some here tonight to do something with what the Lord has directed you in. And maybe it's been hard. Maybe it's been like, or sometimes, you know, I've been here, but sometimes we wait and wait and wait because we're not 100% sure if it's Him. But how many know we can't stay in that mode forever? Eventually, you know, we're, we're accountable for what He's talked to us about. And, well, I wasn't sure. Eh, that doesn't fly. Everybody listening. I mean, there, it's not an exact science, but there is a getting to a place where, okay, yep, I have peace about that. I'm going to say this is God. Everybody with me on that? And we've got to get to that. And if, if it's really not God, of course, don't do it, but who's going to decide? We've got to get settled on it and then act and see the floodgates of heaven open up. And then we take a step. And we see things happen. You know, we see the blessing of God come. Amen. What if it doesn't happen in a day? That doesn't change God. See, here's the, here's the other, here's the other, here's that. That was this. <laughs> this is that. <laughs> That's Bible language, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's Consistency. Here's the word rolling around in, in me. It's consistency. Consistency produces some things in our lives and some opportunities that a lack of it will definitely keep away. Always being there. Continuing year after year consistency 
I shouldn't live my life continually in a trial and error mode. No doubt all of us have learned something from that in the past. You know, we tried, didn't work. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> but I should not move forward viewing everything that I face in life as, I'll just try it again. Uh, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. No, there's got to come a point where I recognize, okay, this is something that works. This is something that I know is right. Now, I don't know about everything. You probably don't know about everything either. I don't know the answers to everything. But there are some things I absolutely know. And in those areas, I can be consistent. That means if it's right, I'm doing it today, and I'm doing it next month, and I'm doing it next year, and I'm doing it five years from now. I've let it be established as a consistent and ongoing pattern in my life. If it's right, why would I stop doing it? If it's good for me today, why aren't I doing it two years from now? Let me back up because we don't, it's harder for us to see in the future sometimes. If it was good for me to do five years ago, why did I stop? And that's what happens in some people's lives, and maybe you can identify things in your, own, uh, in your own life. But you can look back at times, some of it may have been years ago. Maybe it was some of it was only months ago. But you used to act a certain way. You used to do certain things. You conducted your life a certain way, but you don't anymore. Why not? Why don't you do what you used to do? Now, if it was bad, I'm glad you stopped. <laughs> but I'm talking about... Obviously, things that we know are good, things that we know are right. If you used to do it, why don't you? Well, I just kind of got busy, and then it just kind of stopped, and I just never got back to it. You've lacked consistency in something that was good, in something that was right. And if you'll pick that up again, you'll see the fruit that you had back then, you'll see it again, and it'll continue to build year after year. I may have told this story before in another context, but um, I have a friend who, when he was young, his family went to church, and they were involved in church, and they went regularly, and when I say he was real young, he was, you know, real young. I don't know the exact age, but, you know, under 10, for sure, and th they were, he, 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 I believe he was five years old and he got saved. And he remembered that. And his family went to church. But he said for some reason, he didn't really understand why or really know, but they, their family started going to church less and less. You know how that can happen. Well, we couldn't go this week. Okay, you know. And then they'd go the next week, and then they'd skip the next week, and you know, and then something else would come up, and before you know it, there'd be two weeks in between, and then be three weeks in between. Then they're going every once in a while, and then they're not going at all. And that's basically how it happened in his life. And there was no specific reason. They weren't like, we don't like the Lord anymore. <laughs> they never made some conscious, rebellious choice against what is right and good or having God in their family. It was just, for some reason, they stopped doing what was working. 
what was producing good results in their lives. And, and this is what happened with the friend, this friend of mine. He then from that point, that young age, stopped having much godly input in his life. Why? doesn't mean the family wasn't saved anymore, but the parents, obviously, they're not thinking about the Lord very much. At least it's less and less. doesn't mean they don't have a relationship with God anymore, but it's less and less, and their kids are growing up in this environment now where the Lord has talked about less. They do less spiritual things, serving you know, worshiping, learning, all these things, that's going down and down to where it's normal to have very little of what was right and good about their conduct and about their lifestyle. Say, so what happened? Well, then he got into his teenage years and started drinking and taking drugs and, and living a, just a hellacious life and sinful life and just, you know, just got, you know, getting into fights and all kinds of stuff and hanging around the wrong people. And some people don't make it out of that. Some people, you know, some people die. And, you know, you get in those kind of situations and all kinds of stuff happens. What happened with him is he came back to the Lord at, I'm going to say 21, I believe, somewhere around there, gave his, uh, gave his life back to the Lord, got turned around, and he's in the ministry today. But think about it. Not all, not all the families did it turn out that well with. And here's the other side. How much could he have escaped of all that sinful life and all the you know, consequences of that life, which can be serious, if the parents in this situation remained consistent? If they were consistent in what they knew was good? But for some reason, they just got away from it little by little. Again, not trying to be bad parents or anything like that, but they missed out on some of what was good in their life. When you know something's right, if you were doing something a while back, why'd you quit? You might have a reason, but it's not a good one. Everybody listening? Sometimes we do have reasons. Well, it was because of this. So... If it was the right thing, I'm not going to let any other reason, whether it's just busyness, whether it, whatever it is, or some other negative thing, still, if it's the right thing to, for me to do that I can see in God's Word, and I'm not just talking about church attendance, I'm talking about the manner in which we live, the, the practices, the habits we have in our lives, the, way, the things that we have said, uh, you know, I'm going to act this way, or I'm going to do this with my time and ability, my money, my, I'm going to live this way, okay? If you've determined that it's right and it's good, why aren't you doing that all the time, consistently, to where 20 years from now, depending on your age, you know, you're still going. You're still doing it. Consistency. It seems that, that people have, even the church, the body of Christ, throughout generations, have had um, trouble being consistent with some things. And certain principles and truths are lost over time. And let us not think it's not still happening. But you know, you go back in church history, and there were definitely periods of time where people didn't know much. 
about certain things. And God in his great mercy would bring things back. He'd bring revelation again. We, we know in the last, you know, 100 years or so, we can recount uh, some of the different moves of God, or we call them revivals, and, you know, the outpouring of the Spirit, and, uh, you know, where all of a sudden people are getting baptized in the Spirit again. That's why we have some, you know, some of the Pentecostal denominations and so forth came out of some of that. And all of a sudden, you know, people are being baptized in the Spirit again, speaking in tongues. The gifts of the Spirit are starting to flow. Well, where did that go? Well, it shouldn't have been lost in the first place. But people are not consistent with it, and it trickles off. And, you know, and then, uh, you know, other things as far as God bringing move of the Word, you know, and teaching and faith and these kind of subjects where the body of Christ was just dumb for a long time, really, and they didn't have the teaching like we have today, and not just here in this place, but, you know, the body of Christ is much more biblically literate today than it was a while back. And, uh, and you've got good teachers all around, all around the world in local churches uh, teaching the Word, and people are being able to take their rightful place in Christ or exercise authority in the name of Jesus. Where before they didn't know they could do that. They were just ignorant of the Word. And not that there's not a lot of ignorance today, but, you know, God brings things back in His mercy what we should have had all along. There should have been a consistency. And, and you can see uh, in recent years a lot more churches are, are um, aware of and conscious of the sinner because they want to win that sinner to Jesus. It's not all, not all about just the body uh, having a bless me club and taking care of, you know, we're all happy because we're here. No, literally I think there's more of an outreach mindset again where, where we're thinking about the lost and people are doing that. Now, I think some of that goes, some of it has been taken too far into the other extreme, and it's ultra-seeker sensitive, and they've extracted the offensive parts of the gospel out, <laughs> which that's troubling. You know, Jesus is still a stumbling stone, right? And that's just the truth, okay? But, you know, there's always things that go to the extreme in any kind of, any kind of move or, or wave, if, if you will. Here, but here's, here's one thing that we've got to watch out for in our day. Um, is because of an interest like that and a move of God like that, people are backing away again from the move of God's Spirit. They're backing away from the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and speaking in tongues and all the manifestations of the Spirit. They're backing away. Why? Some of it's good motive. It's good intention because they think, we want to be relatable and reach the world. Well, that's a godly desire to want to present things in a way that the world can receive. But how many know if you go too far with that, what happens is you'll have a whole new generation that doesn't know anything about God's move, the move of God's Spirit again. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that uh, even in our setting, in our environment, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, but you have to be intentional we want to be evangelistic. We want to have people come in from the world who are not saved. They're going to hell. We want them to be saved. We want them to come in and be able to receive in a way that, you know, the gospel ministers to them, you know, without blowing them out of the water with Susie Charismatic, <laughs> you know. And so we want to have that in play. At the same time, we want to have in play and in place an opportunity for the move of God's Spirit 
for the fullness of God, for the gifts of the Spirit, for, you know, the things that we see in the Word to be manifest, for the glory of God to manifest, you know, just real good stuff. We gotta, it's a challenge to have both. But unless we're intentional about it, we're not, we'll not have it. And listen, I know uh, some real quality, good churches and ministers that in their desire and quest to reach the lost, which I applaud and I want that more and more and I want them to influence me, <laughs> you know, because they're really doing it well. But in their desire for that, all Holy Spirit stuff is done in a closed room. You know what I'm saying? There, I mean, listen, there are good churches, and I, I say good, I, uh, God bless them, may they expand and grow, but they'll never talk about the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the, in, the, in the Holy Spirit in church. They won't. Now, they won't. They don't go so far to say we don't believe and we acknowledge it. They'll even help people, but kind of. They'll just say you'll, you'll need to do that at home. And so they're trying. I understand the challenge that they have, but here's one of the problems with it is a majority of people will not go home and get it if it's not presented before them. And so what happens over time is you've got a whole generation of believers who've never seen the move of God's Spirit. Yes, there were a select few that got it, or some of the leaders, they think, well, doesn't everybody do this? You know, I'm like Paul. I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. I do it in the car, and I do it in my bedroom, and I I have a move of God every day in my life. But when they show up publicly, none of it. Therefore, no one sees it, no one's aware of it. When the leaders die off, then you got a whole other church, and you talk about the move of the Spirit, and they don't know what that looks like. They don't have a clue. And so what we've got to do is make sure we're not sacrificing one for the other. I believe it's in the will will and plan of God that we have a move of His Spirit, we have the gifts of the Spirit, and yet we're still relatable to the world. We can present things in such a way where we're not... Looking like kooks and crazies, but uh, but but literally the power of God comes in and, and sets people free. And yes, there needs to be wisdom on how things are presented, okay. But we got to have both. What are we talking about? We got to be consistent. We got to consistently have the Word of God, the move of God, the move of God's Spirit in our lives. Come on now. If you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, it's time. Come on, I let that, 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 it's so powerful and so normal, and just because you don't see it all the time in, in, in wherever you go, this is the real deal. It's something every believer needs to experience. Amen. It's the fullness of God's Spirit. But again, I don't want to live everything by trial and error. Let me get back to this. Uh, thank you, Lord. When I know to do something, I've got to do it. And I've got to be consistent with that. Real quick, let me show you um, Matthew 3. See, some people never commit to anything for fear of missing out on something else. They'll never be consistent in one area because... Well, what if another op? I can't commit myself to that. I can't give myself fully to being involved in this because as soon as I do, something else is going to 
arrive, another opportunity. And they live that way year after year, never fully taking advantage of what the potential is of giving themselves to something fully. Understand that there are benefits in life and especially in the, in the direction of God to giving yourself fully to something. And I'm not talking about just in general, we give our lives fully to the Lord, obviously. Okay? But I'm talking specifics in your life that you commit yourself to something. Are you the kind of person that never commits to anything? And I'm talking, you'll say, well, I'm committed to the Lord. I know that can be real. In your heart, you're fully committed to the Lord. But that is oftentimes manifest by fully committing to something He would have you connect to. Fully committing to an assignment. Fully committing to a particular act. You know what I'm saying? I'm fully committed to the Lord, and I'm just not committed to people. (laughs) Well, (laughs) sad to say, but uh, that's the way the Lord works. I'm not fully committed to the Lord if I'm not fully committed to people that the Lord is using, that the Lord has brought in my life. It's why some people never settle down, and I know I'm talking to the choir here, here, but we should understand. It's why some people never settle down with one local church. They want to be free. Well, I'm free in Christ. And we're free to just float. like a blood clot (laughs) just floating around causing pain wherever you go (laughs) there's value in in finding out and getting the direction of the Lord and being consistent with it amen but it's like some even uh you know, sometimes when you got a single person and they've got this, you know, this got this single guy and there's this girl and they're really interested, they want to date and stuff, but they, you know, they're just really afraid to take the plunge and to commit fully because they have in their mind, but what if right after I do that, someone else shows up that I like better? <laughs> How many know that problem, that person's got issues? They've got it, and what the thing is about that, either they're just so perfectionistic-minded and, you know, a person can't have a single flaw before they'll commit their life to them and they'll never find that person, <laughs> right? <laughs> Everybody stinks at some point, <laughs> right? There has to be a, there has to come a point when a person says, okay, Yes, in the realm of possibility, if I commit myself to this person, there could be someone else a little better. In the realm of possibility. Not likely, but you know what I'm saying. But the thing is, do I commit to what I know, or do I commit to what I don't know? Well, I can't take this job because, the, you know, the, I could take this job today, and, you know, it's a little bit less pay, and a little bit less... Uh, but the, a better job could show up tomorrow. The perfect job could show up tomorrow. Yeah, or you could be unemployed for six months. 
And I'm not saying that's the decision. Obviously, you, as a believer, you can pray and get peace about things. But if we, can, if we let ourselves remain in that position of non-committalness to different things, so often we end up the, as the ones hurting. We end up missing out. Amen. In, in, in John, uh, let's see, in Matthew 3, John the Baptist was preaching here. And uh, he said something. <laughs> verse 8. Well, let's start verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Verse 8. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Notice that language. He said, bear fruits worthy of repentance. What's that talking about? It's talking about being consistent with your repentance. If you're going to say, I repent, or I turn, or I change my mind, then bear fruit or act the same way as your repentance. Be consistent. Don't be saying one thing and doing something else. All right, look over at Acts 26. Okay, we're almost there. We're almost to where we're going. Amen. <laughs> Acts 26, verse 19. This is Paul speaking here. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. Notice he didn't tell them, you guys, you just need to do works befitting repentance. No, he said, repent, turn to God, and let it be consistent in your life. You've turned to the Lord. You've turned from your wicked way. You, you've called upon Him. This is what the heavenly vision was that He had to tell people this. He was called to minister to tell people to turn from their ways. But notice the, 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 the other part to that. Don't just turn from there and you're done. He said, now act that way. Now be consistent with your life. You've turned from something. Be consistent with the way that you're going now. What, what, how do you, I do that? Keep going that way. Keep living that way. Keep walking the same direction. If it was the right thing to do, why would you pause? Why would you look, look around? Why would you give opportunity for distraction from the old life and the old way of doing things? If it's the right thing to do today, keep going. If the Lord is dealing with you now about something... Keep doing it. If he dealt with you five years ago about something, you should still be doing it unless he dealt with you to change and do something different. I've always been 
you know, I mean, I don't take credit. I'm just whatever. I don't know why I'm this way, but I like it. I mean, I don't mean I don't have any choice in the matter either. I mean, I choose. But I've always been, for the most part, a consistent person. People would be, uh, when I used to do uh, youth ministry, people would always be shocked, friends and other people I knew that I would meet who were in ministry, and when I had been there six and seven and eight years and nine years, and, and they're like, you've been doing this a long time. And in my mind, that's not so long. That's, I didn't get any other direction yet. I, I just keep going. And then, you know, 11, 10, 9 years, 10 years, 11 years, almost 12 years before the Lord told me to do something different. And see, I, don't, I just don't understand some people how they change so frequently. Well, I've been doing this for four years. You're a rookie. <laughs> Are you listening now? Now, I'm not putting any law on that that the Lord couldn't change someone sooner than that. Certainly He could. But too often, people are just inconsistent, and they blame it on the Lord. They lack that stability in their life where, where they can get grounded and settled in something and, and, and stay there, and so they call it God. But listen, their lack of consistency is producing a lack of godly results. Sometimes you just got to stay put. Stay put. What do I mean? Keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. If it was good, it's still good. Unless the Lord moves. And if the Lord moves on you, good. It's time to, make a, time to take a turn. Time to make an adjustment. Time to make a change. And those things do happen in God. Those things do happen. A lot less than people think. Some say, well, I have been going to this church for like five years now. You're still in the, you're still in the new member class. Come on now, we're looking at it totally from our perspective. We think, that's a long time. Well, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. Fill out another card. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying, what, what am I saying by that? Let's get a little longer-term approach with whatever God's doing in our lives and be consistent. Because here's the deal. Here's, here's where we're going now. I'm convinced that the Lord wants to say some things. And it was confirmed even earlier. The Lord wants to bring revelation and understanding. There are some things the Lord wants to minister to us, some things He wants revealed in the body of Christ in this day and in this hour. The Lord has, has some things He hasn't shown people in the past. There, are some, there, are, there is some revelation that you and I have not seen yet. How many know the mind of God is pretty vast? I mean, when you know everything, trust me, we've never seen anything close to it. And God wants to reveal things pertinent to your life and the place that you're in today. And He wants to reveal things that are pertinent to us as a whole and the body of Christ at large that will help us to carry out the move of God and bring in a move of God's Spirit for these last days that will sweep in the harvest. Who's going to hear it? Who's going to recognize what God's saying and doing? Who's going to be there to partake? 
of the fullness of God? I tell you, the answer is the one who's been consistent, the one who's just hanging out. You can't seem to get rid of them. They're always there, hanging around just in case God says something, just in case something else takes place, just in case God brings something forth new. Because some of this stuff, I'm not talking about redemption. That's available to all at any time of the day or all parts of God's blessing in redemption. Any of us can call on the name of the Lord today and receive exactly what Jesus provided. But there are some things that God has reserved for certain seasons and certain times. And it's not those who are running here and running there and those who are just following around their own, their own whims and desires. But it is, it is those who are planted in the house. Those who are consistent becoming before God day after day and year after year. They're there. They're waiting on Him. They're looking with great expectation because they know God's about to speak. God's about to move. He's about to do something in my life and I'm going to be there ready to get it. And that's the attitude we've got to approach the Lord with. Amen. I don't mean it's not fun along the way. It is. But there's those special times. There's those special places. There's those seasons and those times when God's going to speak, and I'm telling you, not everybody's going to be listening. Not, every's gonna, not everybody is going to be there waiting. I mean, I get this picture of like people waiting on day jobs. You know, a company's coming in, they're going to hire a bunch of people for the day, and so you got a bunch of people there. What are they doing? They don't know if they're, they they're going to be working that day, but they're going to get there just in case. They're going to show up just in case they call my name just in case they've got something for me to do and this needs to be our heart and our commitment and consistency before the Lord I'm just going to show up I'm going to be there am I guaranteed that the Lord is going to say something revolutionary in my life today no but I don't mind I mean because I'm called to be with him I'm just going to be there You understand what I mean by there? It's it's inside. I'm, I'm there. Or I'm doing what he wants me to do. I'm there. And so when those things happen, guess who's going to know about it? I am. You know, sometimes uh, people from our church uh, who, you know, aren't real consistent, and we love them whether they're consistent or not. The Lord loves them too. We don't, mean, no, we don't throw stones at anybody. But uh, uh, they're not real consistent. And they'll come sometimes asking questions. And I'm thinking, I just taught on that. Why don't you know the answer to that? Do you know why they don't? Inconsistency. They just missed. And sometimes people don't even know the question to ask. So what happens? Well, they just do without some things in life. They do. Not that God keeps them from them. God's not withholding. They just weren't there when when God was talking they weren't in the right place when God was moving and so others got it and they didn't get it consistency pays rich dividends being there being in that place that God wants you to be amen